Welcome to the True Vine Podcast. Wherever you are listening, we hope this inspires you, builds your faith, and brings perspective that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. God bless you for being here this morning. This is a great day. It's a good day for a good day. And you are starting it out in the house of the Lord at the beginning of your week. And I think somewhere in my little heart that God has to honor that. And so those of you that are here, I thank you. Those of you that are streaming online, I thank you for being here in the presence of God. However you got here, I'm glad that you are here. I want us to remember Brother Henry. Brother Henry works in the media. He's in the Marine Corps. In the next two weeks, he'll be doing a tour of duty, which will take him out probably through March, if all goes as planned. But you know how the military is. It could be extended. And we prayed for him. We anointed him. But just in the next six months, just remember, when you don't see him, he's serving our country. And he's keeping things safe. But maybe as a pastor, he's away from the body of Christ. So say a prayer. Post something on social media. Henry, depending on the port they're in, depending on the connectivity, he may or may not get to see it. But if you post something, I'm praying for your Brother Henry, I love you. It reminds us maybe, oh, I need to say a prayer for Brother Henry. And so for the next six, seven months, he works in the back and he does a lot. And he comes early before a lot of us. And this assembly will miss him. But I honor him. And I salute him for doing what he has called to do. And we honor you, Brother Henry. So he's supposed to leave in two weeks, but I want to make that announcement because anything could change, and he may not be here next Sunday. But if he is, praise God, we got one more Sunday with him, with him and we are thankful for that. Uh, Brother Sister Blair, we had their going away service of sorts a couple of weeks ago brother Blair preached with his family his family left about a week and a half ago and today is brother Blair's last Sunday with us so he's been staying back taking care of duties he has things to fulfill in the secular world the marketplace and he leaves Wednesday morning headed towards Orlando so brother Blair and all due respect I know we kind of have fun and life is good but I want you to know you have impacted my life You've impacted this yeah. church, and probably more important yeah. than that, you've impacted the kingdom in this local assembly. Right. And so my prayers, every mile that you travel, all the way down to Orlando, that the marketplace and the ministry will still continue to soar, and God would honor your faithfulness. And so I love you, I respect you, and I'm going to miss you. going to miss you. So blessings to you and blessings to the kingdom. Amen. Last Sunday, the music team did an incredible ministry of worship. I didn't prepare to preach a two-part series. The Ridiculous Gospel of Possibilities. You were with us last Sunday, you know I didn't get through it. I just had to kind of stop and pause and I didn't want to rush what God gave me, the nuggets. And so I come back to preach part two of this sermon that God gave me. I'm going to draw your attention if you're able to stand, which is custom in the Word of God, to 1 Samuel. I'll read my same two scriptures. If you weren't here last week or if you're streaming online and you didn't know about it, please catch the archive so you can kind of bring yourself up to where I'm going to pick up in the middle of my sermon, which is part two. 
But I started last week, again with this week, 1 Samuel chapter 17. New Living Translation renders it this way. Don't worry about the Philistine, David told Saul. I'll go and fight him. Don't be ridiculous, Saul replied. There is no way you can fight this Philistine and possibly win. You're only a boy. And he's been a man of war since his youth. I lean into verse 34 with just three words. But David persisted. Now think about it with me, folks. The hero, Saul, the people's man, the people's king. The Bible says that he stood head and shoulders, maybe literally and maybe leadership-wise. And he's telling you there is no way you can fight the Philistine. You're only a boy. This guy's been mastering war since his youth. But David, after all that, that's demoralizing. That's degrading. That's condescending. That's rude. But David persisted. Mm. One more verse in Acts 13 and 22, the NIV renders, after removing Saul. Huh, funny how that happens. He made David their king. God testified concerning him, I have found David the son of Jesse, a man after mine own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. The two things that are so conspicuous to me in these two verses, as I mentioned it last week, Saul called him a boy. God called him a man. Funny how that works. Funny how that works. I want to preach to you. The Ridiculous Gospel of Possibilities, Part 2. Heavenly Father, I enter respectfully into the Holy of Holies. I'm taking a group of people with me, Lord. Everything is holy. Everything is godly. Everything is pure. Everything is honorable. I pray, God, as we sit in the Holy of Holies for the next little bit, that there will be no distractions let us not come and go from the Holy of Holies, but that we would lean into the voice of God. I ask you, God, that you would allow me and enable me to flow in the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, God, not of my own intellect, not of my own study, not of my own words, but the words of heaven, God, would flow through me to your precious people. Speak into the hearts, speak into the marriages, speak into the situations, God. Even if it sounds ridiculous, God, we lend an ear. We want to hear from you. Bless the prayer. Bless the sermon. Bless the people. Bless the atmosphere. Atmosphere. And if you receive the prayer, could you shout back to me in Jesus' name? Jesus. Shout it again in Jesus' name. Jesus. In Jesus' name. God bless you for standing. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Part two of my message. I kind of concluded with this. Choose courage. To have this ridiculous mentality, you have to choose courage over worry. 
Courage is not the absence of fear. It's the ability to do something that frightens you. At times we are frightened. At times we are unsure. At times we are scared. But to have the courage to move forward is putting my faith in God. When on the outside, when on the circumference of my life, to you it may seem ridiculous. To the untrained eye, it's ridiculous. To the untrained ear, that's absurd. To anybody that is outside the presence and the knowledge of God, that is crazy. But when you understand what God has done for his church since Calvary and moving forward, the apostolic power, the infilling of the Holy Ghost, no weapon formed against this precious church will prosper. No tongue formed against God's precious people will prosper. Why? Because Satan, the blood of Jesus, is against you. It reaches to the highest mountain and it flows to the lowest valley. I'm talking about something that works today, my friend. So I choose courage over worry. In verse 32, David says, don't worry. He's not claiming he's fearless. Courage is not fearless. Courage is placing more faith in God's word than the mountain. Courage is more, uh, courage is placing the faith in the doctor's report in the faith of God. Not what the report says, not what the situation says, not what the mortgage company says, not what HR says, my friend. Hey, I have courage because I believe what God said in his word, that he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. That I know it worked in the Old Testament, and I know it worked in the New Testament. But let me tell you, somebody here today, to give you a word of prophetic word, it works in your life today, in the 21st century, this day, in Temecula, California. Why? Because that's what God's word word does. Joshua chapter one, God tells Joshua to be strong, be courageous. God is saying that his promise will go beyond the emotion or the fear. He tells him to be strong, brother Tony, to be courageous. That sounds simple. That sounds easy, but I've walked through some valleys in my life. I've been in some dark situations in my life. And it's hard to understand how to be courageous when everything is coming against you. As I preached last week, I didn't choose 2020. You didn't choose the pandemic. We didn't choose the utter chaos. But we find ourselves coming out of it in 2021 that I'm going to choose courage over worry. I can't worry about tomorrow. I can't worry about the coming months. Why? Because I'm going to trust God. I've got to bring my thoughts and my emotions and my spirit and my attitude under subjection to the profound preaching of God's word. And if I do that, then I will choose courage over worry. There was something in him, David, because he knew what God had done before. We think about the Bible stories. And as I mentioned again last Sunday, they seem so common to us because we heard them from Sunday school. I've heard the Bible stories of David and Goliath since I was five years old. I heard about Peter walking on the water. I heard about the blind man and the deaf man. I heard about Noah building an ark, and God told him to go build a boat, bro. Maybe God didn't say it that way, but he built a boat. 
Not on the seashore. Not on the dock. On dry land. And somehow, Noah found faith in the eyes of God. Has God ever told you that something ridiculous was going to happen? And in my mind, I would compute it, that's ridiculous. But when you follow the plan and voice of God, and God validates your steps, the ridiculous possibility of what God is saying materializes into a miracle often. I'm trying to set you up for a miracle, God says. I'm trying to help you understand how I do my best work. It's called the supernatural. We are the natural. We naturally move. We naturally live. We naturally have fear. We naturally have anxiety. We naturally have victories. But when you take the natural and you put it together and you tether it to the super, which is God, it's called the supernatural. Those two things become married or tethered together. And that's at that moment where no weapon formed against you can prosper and no no tongue formed against you, the prophet said, shall prosper. When I yoke up and I harness up my natural thinking and heartbeat and desires and future, when I take the natural and I tether to the spiritual, it becomes the supernatural. The problem is if we're not careful, we try to create the supernatural in the natural alone, minus God. We lean onto our own understanding. Proverbs 3, 5 tells us, don't do that. But, Brother Blair, it's natural. It's natural to figure it out. It's natural to make some phone calls. It's natural to go to here, this, and it's natural to con consult here. That's the natural part. But God is saying, if you want me to do something ridiculous, you got to back up a couple spaces and let me step in and let you see the supernatural. What you can't see in your mind, God sees in the spirit. And I'm preaching to some people today that you've got to zoom out and see the full picture from the beginning to the ending, not just the parade that's going by. Because God's saying there's something ridiculous coming down your dusty road. If you'll trust me, if you'll lean into me, oh, that's ridiculous. That's the point God is making. The Bible says for 40 days, 40 mornings, and 40 nights, that Goliath was taunting God's people with his usual taunts. The devil knows your usual taunts. It might be addiction. It might be lust. It might be anger. It might be hatred. It might be fear. It might be greed. But when the enemy latches on to that taunt, he'll keep working his taunt as long as you'll talk to him. 
He'll keep taunting you as long as you are negotiating with him. For 40 days, Saul was under the influence of Goliath's taunt. So the enemy kept taunting and taunting and taunting God's people, my friend. You can't do it. You'll never make it. You'll always be this way. You don't fit in. You don't belong here. Taunt after taunt after taunt. You're, something's going to happen. They're going to get rid of you. They don't like you. This isn't going to work out. Taunt after taunt after taunt. And for 40 days, Saul heard the voice of the enemy, which was Goliath. I want to just interject in myself this morning in my story and tell you, wherever you are in life, you are on a battlefield. We are on a battlefield. The pandemic has made the battlefield bigger, but it's the taunt after taunt after taunt. But somebody needs to hear me today. There needs to be a David that would rise up inside of you and say, hey, not today, Satan. Not today, Goliath. Hey, I've come to you in the name of the Lord. I'm not living in the valley no more. I'm not living in fear no more. I'm not living in anxiety no more. I'm not living in depression anymore. Enough is enough. The only way I know how to relate it is like when you, your kids have pushed you to the point of exasperation. And what do you do? Enough is enough. Stop it. I mean, that's old school raising right there. I'm going to tell you that right now. That's long before CPS got their initials. Good old beat town that was preceded by a yelling match. And in my experience, in those cases, I was one of them. The kid always loses. But, but, but. Don't you but, but, but me. I've told you 15 times. Yes, 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 yes. If my brother's watching, I, I, I'm sorry, but I got to tell my brother, my middle brother, Shane. Out of the three of it, he's the most passive, quiet, soft-spoken. He's the peacemaker. I'm the oldest. We got a younger one, and he's in the middle. So maybe the middle one, okay, settle down, Brother Tom. Settle down, Brother Todd. I'm the peacemaker. But every time he'd get a whooping, a beat down, he's, let me see, I'm 61. He's 56 in August. We still tease him. He'd always say to my dad, yes, sir. Do you understand? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He got so respectful in the beatdown. He never said, yes, sir. Go do the, take the trash out. Okay, dad. But to get that belt out, oh, yes, sir. My dad could whip him eight times. He'd say, yes, sir, eight times. Yes, sir. Perfectly timed. Whack, yes, sir. Whack, yes, sir. Anyway, Shane, at your expense, my message has gotten better if you're watching. <laughs> my problem was my dad would just hit me, and I'd say, that didn't hurt. <laughs> After a couple of years of an old ex-Marine Corps, ouch, that hurts. Don't do that. So, and then I just said, okay, I better be good because I can't do this no more. He hurts. Those, those belts hurt. But here's the thing. If we got a hold of the enemy in the same way that we got pushed or provoked in the natural and we take that righteous indignation 
and we couple it with the Spirit of God against the spiritual warfare. Can I tell somebody today, if we're going to get to heaven, Brother Gustavo, it's a spiritual slugfest. I'm not giving up. I may be weary. I may be exhausted. I, but you know what? I have the church that's going to fight with me and fight for me and fight around me to get home and keep moving. I'm going to get my strength and I'm going to fight for somebody else because they're in a situation. Why? Because he's taunting, 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 and peck after peck and drop after drop wears on someone. And if we're not careful, it only takes one more drop to break the eggshell. Say, wow, a drop of water can break an eggshell? No, but after 30 million, they could. Maybe. What's the old attitude? Say, oh, that's the straw that broke. Oh, straw can break the camel's back? No, 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 no. But after you put 450 pounds of straw on and you boop, it's the old proverb. So I'm preaching to some people here that my message at this point in the juncture of where I am may sound ridiculous. And under normal circumstances, maybe it is ridiculous. But the enemy is always taunting and yelling, you can't do it. You'll never make it. It's always been this way. You don't fit in. You don't belong. It was better before you started living for God. It was easier before you started committing to the Lord. Saul's fears were justified. Goliath was nine feet tall. That's scary. You're either going to be a don't worry person or you're going to be a don't be ridiculous person. You're going to be either a don't worry person or don't be ridiculous person. You're going to be a Saul, or you're going to be a David. I, as your pastor, refuse to be a Saul. I don't want to live small. I don't want to be insecure. I don't want to be fearful. I don't want to be timid. I don't want to be weak. I don't want to be carnal. I refuse to be a Saul. I want to do what God's calling us to do. And I believe I'm preaching to people in person and people that are streaming online that's saying, yes, I want to be a David. I may not have it all figured out. I may have flaws and I may have some things in my life I've got to get working on. I may have made some mistakes and I may have been caught in a weak moment like David. But somewhere in David's heart, God saw something that was true. And he said, that's a man after my own heart. Not a boy, not a child, not an infant, not, not a toddler, but a man. Why? Because David understood the power of repentance. David understood the power of connectivity. David understood the power of faith. Oh, that's ridiculous. That's my point. When it's ridiculous, it's people that are believing in the supernatural. It's only ridiculous if you live in the natural. But when you move and live and you find yourself in the supernatural, it's not ridiculous. It's commonplace, Brother Chris. It's the natural faith of a believer that God has filled his spirit with. 
that we've been blood-bought, baptized in Jesus' name, and our sins have been washed away, and we are a new creature in Christ Jesus according to the Word of God. So for over 16 months in the pandemic, the devil taunts God's people and has tried to talk you out of your dreams to retreat, to give up, to quit, to play it safe. Today, hear me people, today, you can choose courage over worry. Today, you can get your fight back. You can get your prayer back. Today, you can get your praise back. Today, you can get your relationships back. Today, you can get your mind back. The devil has fought us hard enough for 16 months, but it's time that the church fights back, standing arm in arm with each other and declaring victory over every Goliath that's represented in the building today. Goliath always looks unrealistic. Goliath always looks like he's going to win. But don't forget the supernatural. Don't forget the miraculous. Don't forget the ridiculous. Why? Because in the end, God's church wins. And God's people always win. And God's church is not defeated. And God has... Ah. Hope will always look unrealistic. But never forget that the miraculous and the ridiculous are always connected. Hope always looks unrealistic. Every time you see a miracle in the Bible, you see a ridiculous instruction from God. I mentioned it last week for some of you that weren't here. In the Bible, it's chock full of people that needed something from God. And in the Bible, is always an instruction from God tethered to that need. Name and go dip. I have leprosy. Here's my instruction. Where on the bridge to the ridiculous do you find yourself walking? Caminando. For your word or your miracle. Don't raise your hand, but how many among us today have a need? How many among us have a Goliath that's been shouting taunts for the last 16 to 18 months or even perhaps 16 or 18 years, and we think it's just too much, I can't do it. And I'm preaching a message of faith to tell you that God is able and God is willing and God is ready. And in your natural mind, if you step out of the spirit, you'll conclude that's ridiculous. That's what natural people do. That's what people that don't understand the power of God do. But what I've understand after pastoring for 22 years, the longer you carry that need, the more ridiculous you think it is that God could fix it. And it takes a burst of faith from a message, from a man of God to crack into your cocoon of the ridiculous. And the more layers of ridiculous you wrap your life in, the deeper that you insulate yourself 
from the miraculous and the supernatural. I'm preaching to you this morning that you got to break out of your cocoon and you got to get your head up and say, I know I never thought it like this. I know I never thought I would see this. I never thought this day would ever come. I've heard it preached. I want to believe it. I've been weary. I've been dragging this for 16 months or 16 years, but today I'm cracking out of my cocoon of my ridiculous mentality and saying, hey, hey, if this is what God said, it is possible. If God said to march seven times and the walls will come down, that sounds ridiculous. But when I get out of my cocoon, that sounds like the word of God speaking into my situation. When he says to dip seven times in the cocoon, it sounds ridiculous. But as I make my way out, hey, I've heard from God and God said this and God will do this. It's an instruction from the heavenlies touching the natural earth in which we live. So how many this morning here among us are wanting to break out of the cocoon of ridiculous possibilities that you've never seen materialized yet or something that you've been weary in? I'm just telling you for me, I don't have chapter and verse for this. But the longer... I carry my situation the more I think God can't fix it. Because we are desensitized by the situation. We wrap it in excuses. We wrap it in it's not my time. We wrap it in, maybe I'm not doing something right. And it gets layer after layer after layer. And watch this, just common sense here. The more time that peels off, the more layers get wrapped on it. And the more layers that get wrapped on it, the deeper, Brother Tony, the center of that possibility is because it's wrapped in layer after year after layer, year after year after year. And what do we do, Brother John? We just live with it. Let me give you an example. How many have unsaved loved ones? And you pray 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 and and nothing really happens. So we just live with it. My spouse is unsaved. My child is wayward. God's not done anything yet. So I just go on to something else and say, well, this is just the way life is. I'm thinking about your son. I'm thinking about your son right now. I'm not accusing you of being lackadaisical, but your son, as I just spoke those words, came to my vision. And if we're not careful, this lady will just say, well, that's the course God's called me to do. I have several safe kids. One didn't make it. I did my best. Where are the streets of gold? And we'll accept that. And that's the human natural side of us. She prays for him. She's asked me to pray. He's not here today. That's just the way life is. I'm here to say, no, that is not. And again, I'm not singling her out, but I'm just telling you, there's a real situation that she loves her son. Oh, pastor, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous until it happens. And how many times do we move from our need 
because it's ridiculous. I just live with it. I've wrapped it and 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 wrapped it. And now it doesn't really hurt anymore. It's just commonplace. They show up unsaved. We're saved. They do their thing. I do my thing. I don't see them much. They pop in. They say, I love you. Hey, this is just life. This is, this is the pieces that I was dealt in life. And so maybe we divert our prayer and our attention and our faith to something else. Oh, I'm going to pray for you, brother. I'm going to pray for you, sister. And we take our eyes off our own cocoon of the ridiculous. Grandma, can you help me for a minute? Come here, please. I want you to come up here because I want the people online to see you. I want her to take two or three minutes. And I want you to tell them your ridiculous story. I didn't even plan this. You, I didn't even think about Sister Elizabeth. Sister Elizabeth, but I want you to listen to this, this ridiculous story. God gave me a promise. I, had pray, I pray for my children every day. For Tommy, I cried, I travailed, and I prayed for his soul for 18 years. Every time I prayed it, by faith, wait, I wait, saw him. Second. 18 years. That just glo- You know how long 18 years is? You see what I'm saying? I see, oh, 18 years. Oh, okay. 18 years of crying your heart out. You know how long 18 years is? Someone said, we're going to sentence you to prison for 18 years. That's how long 18 years is. That is a long time of wrapping the ridiculous. It tried to take my joy away. It tried to take my peace away. But I knew that I served a God that could do a miracle. Yes. One night... My husband heard me crying in bed for my son that was so lost, such a drug addict, had lost everything, his job, his children, and what life was really about. One night, my husband said, Rosie, you're just going to have to put it in the hands of Jesus and let him do a work. And I believed Tommy had lost everything. He had been in and out of jail. He had been in the courtrooms. And people would tell me, and even people in church would say, and people out in the world would say, he'll never change. He's been out there too long. You know, just accept it. I refused to accept it. I knew what kind of a God I served. I knew there was a God that was seeing my tears and hearing my prayers. Yes. And he had been lost for so long, but we serve a mighty God. But I never quit praying, and I never quit believing that my God could do something that the world and others said would never happen. I believe no matter how impossible, no matter how ridiculous it looked, I knew I served a God. I kept on praying to my God who does the impossible. And yes, God did it, and he does hear, and he does answer prayer. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's put our hands together and rejoice with the glory of God.
That's ridiculous. Well, watch me now. Tommy, stand up. He's in the building. Loving God, serving God, supporting him. That's ridiculous. He's right there. You look at him. That's not Old Testament. That's not New Testament. That's today. He is among us. 18 years of a praying mother. That's ridiculous. He's here today. His heart is right. His soul is ready. Ah. It's ridiculous until it happens. Tommy, how long have you been back in church from a praying mother? How many years? 14 years. Watch me. 26 years ago, she prayed for 18 years. The last 14 years and counting, Brother Gustavo, and the 14 is going to catch up with the 18, and it's going to pass the 18 years of a ridiculous prayer of a mother that God says, look, in the end, I will do everything better than the world can do. In the end, I will outshine the the natural. When you put together the the natural and the supernatural, I'll do things you can't see. I'll do things that you can't even imagine, the Bible says. Above all that you can ask or think. Well, Sam, Teresa Sanchez, go to our church here. At age 17, he was diagnosed with his, his Hodgins, Hodgkinson's disease, a form of cancer, 17 years old. It took out his spleen. He's had trouble off and on. His body's not complete. His body's not whole. Three years ago, he was working cutting hair in Encinitas. Got it weary, fell on the ground, fainted. They called 911. The ambulance came to the barber shop, took him, took him to the hospital, gave him some medication, sent him home, and he was feeling weak. His lung had collapsed. He wasn't getting better. He goes back to the doctor. They pull up an x ray. He has a collapsed lung. And the doctors are concerned that the cancer is coming back, coming out of remission. But he has cancer to fight now. He was weary. Couldn't really catch his breath. Couldn't get his strength. And he struggled like that for some time. They were home one night with him and his wife. He goes to lay down. And some voice somewhere. That's ridiculous. A voice somewhere told his wife you pray for your husband let me see you this is what the world says when you're hearing voices what's that you need to see a, a doctor and you need some medication how many times have we heard with heinous crimes i was hearing voices and then the headlines is fernando he succumbed to his demons right he did this he butchered this he Shot up this. I've been, I heard voices. I couldn't take it no more. So when we hear voices, and it's the voice of God, and we're discerning between the natural and supernatural, Sister Teresa went and she laid hands on him. And I'm sure, just like any wife, there's just a simple prayer. I don't know exactly what she said, 
But the story that they told me is she said, when I was praying, I heard a pop. Sam and his wife go back to the same doctor that said he had a collapsed lung and was concerning that he's going to have to get treatment for the cancer coming back. His system, they took x-rays, they put it up, collapsed lung, new x-ray. No collapsed lung. A new x-ray. It's different from the other x-ray. Said, I can't explain it. You don't have a collapsed lung. There's nothing wrong with you. Come back once a year for your annual checkups. I don't need to see you next week. I don't need to see you next month. I'm telling you, my friend, that's ridiculous. But Brother Sam, you're in the building. Stand up. I want them to see a real-life person. Here he is on my left, on your right. That's Brother Sam. That's his wife, Sister Teresa. Stand up, please. She said the prayer. They have the miracle. That's ridiculous. You think it's ridiculous? You're looking at a miracle standing. It's ridiculous until something happens. Ah! Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's ridiculous until they stand up. And you can put a name and a face and a story together. Last week, I talked about the ridiculous in the Old Testament. I preached about the ridiculous in the New Testament. Now I'm telling you about stories of people that live among us. You see... The ridiculous gospels of possibilities is not extinct, Brother Gustavo. It did not die out. It was not killed with the apostles. It was not crucified to the cross. No, it says, greater works shall you do. I'm telling you, it's the spirit of God. If anything, Abby, it gets bigger and stronger and faster and better. Somebody hear me today. That sounds ridiculous. Yeah, until God steps in and says, peace be still. And God steps in and says, go your way and sin no more. And so God steps in and says, you are made whole according to your faith. Let it be so. I've never seen this much faith all in Israel. That's ridiculous. Sister Sharice, until God steps in. And the more we coat that cocoon with the humanity of who we are, the harder it is for us to get back to the original need that we can see that God can do. Brother John, I want you to take two minutes. You told me a story of a friend. When you told me the story, if I wasn't preaching this message, I would have told you physically that's ridiculous. But I knew what I was preaching, so... I held my peace. Um, there was a dear friend that we've had for many years um, that got diagnosed with breast cancer last July, 2020. She had a five centimeter mass in, in her breast and it's the size of about a lime. And because of COVID, they could not take her in until December of 2020 to even start the chemotherapy. And she said that the one of the things that she said, and she's a, she's a told pastor, she goes to Apostolic Church, and she would always remind God every time she went to the doctor's office, I'm not just any patient. I am blood-bought. I am Holy Ghost-filled. I am baptized in your name. She said that she just had the confidence of what God would do and I know I, I was getting upset because they weren't taking her in and t 
till December 2000. I said, are you kidding me? December 2020? Why are they waiting so long? And so she said, it's okay, John. She goes, God knows. She had her first chemotherapy treatment in December of 2020, and she went back the following month in January, and they did a scan on her body. And when they took the scan of her body, the doctor got the results, and he said, he goes, hmm, that's weird. And she says, oh, what is it, doctor? And he said, the mass shrunk 50% after right. one chemo treatment. Come on, that's ridiculous. And she said, I know he wouldn't say it, but he had never seen that before. <laughs> she had six treatments. All it was supposed to do was supposed to reduce the mass for them to remove it. Her last treatment was June 2021. I asked Pastor to pray for her before he went out to do the door hangers, that the results would come back negative. She went in, they put her under. And as they put her under, they took out a, a piece of the mass. And, and the doctor looks at it and goes, I can't see any cancer. And she, he goes, but, you know, I got to test it. We got to do blood work. We got to do all this stuff. And she goes, it's okay. I already know what the results are, doctor. All right. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he goes, you know what the results are? She goes, yeah. There's no cancer in my body. So she supposed to meet the doctor. They call her back and they tell her before she even gets to the appointment, we can't find a trace of cancer in your body. Come on. All right. This was this month. This month. This month. This month. July 2021. Oh, that's ridiculous. No, it's already happened. And so she told me, she said, John. She said, the doctor let me know I was on the strongest chemotherapy possible. And he said, I have never had a patient like you in my life. Because they checked for the places that she should have the side effects in her heart in different places in her body. And they said, there are no side effects in her Hallelujah. Body. Come on, let's give God some praise. Thank you, Jesus. That's ridiculous. But that happened this month, July 2021. How many ridiculous stories, Brother Blair, are among us that have been wrapped with a web of acceptance over the cocoon? Remember the slide there? The miracle? And the instruction. I think the bridge between the two is the word ridiculous. Until it happens. And then it's a miracle. Then we believe. I got one more for you. I'm going to give an altar call. And we're going to see some ridiculous things happen today. I'm speaking into your life. I'm speaking a prophetic word, the unction of the Holy Ghost, that the ridiculous that you've held and accepted, God is going to bore down and drill down to that cocoon. And you're going to tell a ridiculous story. I'm building faith. Okay, Tommy, come here, please. 
18 years in the world and all that the stuff that you did 14 years ago you tried to turn your life around come on up here so they can see I want the online people to see us this is the son that the first ridiculous lady talked about but it's not ridiculous because he's here Come on, I'm not David Copperfield. I'm not doing magic. I mean, he's real. Tell me if this hurts. But he told me a ridiculous story. And if I didn't know him, Brother Gustavo, it sounds like a joke. I said, you got to come tell him your ridiculous story. So make the ridiculous drive from San Diego and tell him. So, I was raised in church, but when I became old enough to do what I wanted to do, I left the Lord, went and did my own things, got into a lot of trouble when I had nothing to offer nobody, nobody. I came to Pentecostal church. And I raised my hands, and I said, God, I have nothing to offer nobody. But if you would take me, Lord, I will serve you the rest of my life. During that time when I was out there doing what I wanted to do, when I came back to the Lord, I came back with some baggage. One of the baggage was that I had lost my license. I had owed so much money to the revenue and recovery that they wouldn't give me, give me my license. And so I would still drive around. Tony could test. I had some cars impounded that he had to go get on. He had to get out. That were his that I was driving. <laughs> and then I finally got my car and I still didn't have my license and I would drive. And before I got in my car, I would check every light, check every tire. I would check everything, making sure that I'm not going to get stopped by the cops. When my son would ride with me, I said, son, put on your seatbelt. You know, we don't want to get stopped by the cops. And before I would drive, I was in church at this time. I would pray. I would say, Lord, please blind the eyes of the officers. Don't let me see me. My son looks at me like, Dad, why are you praying that? I said, son, I'm praying that because I don't really want them to be blind. I said, I'm praying that because I don't want to get stopped by the cops because I'm not going anywhere wrong. I'm going to church. I'm taking my son to school. I'm getting groceries, just doing everyday things. Finally, I got tired of that. And I said, you know what? I am going to go to the revenue recovery. I'm going to give them my name, my number, my address, my social security, everything about me. And I said, look, at this is me. I say, I need to get on some payment plan. You know, I, at, at the very least, I need some restrictive driver's license so I could at least go to work and back. And so I walk into Revenue Recovery, and I give the lady all this information. And she goes, well, give me a minute. I'll go to the back and check. And so she leaves for about four minutes, comes back, says, Mr. Zuniga, yes. She goes, your cases have been closed. I go, what? It means? She goes, yeah, your cases have been closed. I said, so can I go get my license? 
She said, well, Mr. Zuniga, you have to wait at least 10 days before we can give you your license because it has to go through the system, but it's closed. I said, okay, so I'm going to go to the DMV in 10 days to get my license back. And she goes, okay, here's my number. If there's any problem, have them call me, you know, and we'll get it straight. I said, okay. So I went, I wait 10 days. I'm the first one in line getting, trying to get my license. And when I go in to get, to, to get my license, I'm in front of the lady. She's taking the money for my license. I'm like $38. I'm so happy. I get to get my license. And then when it comes time, she goes, oh, Mr. Zuniga, hold on. Something's wrong. It looks like you have some unpaid balance here. And I said, come. You didn't bring me this far to do not let me get my license. And, and I said, no. I said, look at this lady gave me the number. She said, call. She said, she told me to call her if I have any problems. And so he goes, well, go ahead and make the call. You know, if, if, if you make the call and she fixes everything, you don't have to wait in line. Just come back to my, and we'll take care of you. And I said, okay. So I went and I called the lady. I said, look, I'm at the DMV. I'm having trouble. They said, there's still something blocking for me to get my license. And she goes, you're there now? And I said, yeah. She goes, give me an hour. I said, okay. So me and my son, we go across the street, get something to drink, come back in an hour. I said, hey, I'm back. I called the lady. She says, everything's clear. So, so, I, so I give her the money. She goes, I don't know who you talked to or what you did, but yeah, everything's clear. They gave me my, uh, my license. I went to go take my, the photo. I had the biggest smile taking my photo. <laughs> And then I'm so happy, and I'm walking back to the car with my son. My son was with me. We get into, we get into the car, and I said, and I'm so happy. I said, son, I got my license. I can't believe it, you know. And, and so we get into the car. I didn't have to check to see if I had license. It didn't matter no more. <laughs> and so I'm sitting next to my son, and I said, son, put on your seatbelt. He goes, dad, you got your license. <laughs> I, I, said, I said, son, we still, have to, we still have to be safe and stuff. And then he said, Dad, can we go to the park? I said, no, son. I said, the first place we're going is we're going to the house of the Lord, and we are going to thank him for the miracle that just took place. Don't let people count you out because you have a complicated past. Because my God is able, but God, but God, but God is able. That's ridiculous. But that's the kind of God we serve. I'm feeling in my pastor's heart. I'm moving in the Holy Ghost now. This is apostolic ministry. There are ridiculous stories among us that you have not been able to tell somebody because the miracle hasn't happened. You haven't seen the miraculous, so you keep it close. And in some cases, you've just shelved it and overlooked it. I'm telling you to pull that off the shelf. If God has spoken a word into your life and it hasn't come to fruition, get that box off the shelf. Take the lid off. Dust it off. And today, the ridiculous will be exposed to your need. And the story that you tell 
somebody's going to say that's ridiculous. This is not the black market. This is not bought off the deep, dark web. This is the real deal. He does have a big smile. I'll give him that. Almost looks like he's been smoking something he shouldn't be smoking. I don't know. I never smoke that stuff, but they always look happy. But I'm holding a driver's license. So here's my question. What are you holding? That's ridiculous till it happened. Look at this. Expires May 11th. 2026. Five more years. No seat belts, no taillights. Just have fun. That's ridiculous. I know. That's what I'm preaching. I want you to stand with me this morning. I'm going to pray. Let me give you back this ridiculous card. And I just feel like there's some among us that need a refocus on the ridiculous. Understand, we hear stories and we're desensitized to them. The miracles in the Bible, those are real stories, Brother Gustavo. We're reading history. It's easy. Oh, yeah. Oh, he had the little fishes and loaves. He fed 5,000. Well, that's kind of cool. No, what about that day? It wasn't cool. It's ridiculous. Little lunch leaves the house that morning. His mom's a good mother, packs him a lunch here. What story does the little boy tell his mother, Brother Jim, when he gets home? Hey, how was your lunch, son? Oh, you got two hours? Did you eat it all? No. There was 12 baskets. I can't eat that much, Mom. That's ridiculous, son. What happened? And he tells a ridiculous story. So what I want you to do, I want you to get that ridiculous need back into the forefront of your mind and your heart right now. I've asked the pastoral staff to mask up out of respect, but I'm going to pray a corporate prayer for us. And if God is pulling you down for an additional prayer and anointing, I don't want you to be bashful. I don't want you to be shy. I want you to be hungry and aggressive in the spirit. I'm not going to walk down in front of everybody. That's ridiculous. But what if it happens? Not only would you not walk, you would take victory laps, pushing people out of the way. Because, yeah, I don't care what they think. I got my driver's license. I got my healing. I got my marriage back. I got my kids back. That's ridiculous. I don't care what you think. I'm moving in the Holy Ghost. I'm going to say a corporate prayer. Ministers are here. In the name of Jesus, God, we've heard some ridiculous things today. And on the natural, God, it's ridiculous, it's absurd, it's crazy, it's insane. But God, I'm moving in the spirit now where the supernatural comes in. And it takes the ridiculous and it makes it commonplace. It takes the broken and makes them whole. It takes the frail and strengthens them again. It takes people that are in a situation to bring light back. God, I'm speaking in the spirit as an apostolic pastor, God, that your house will be filled with a host of ministering angels as we in need, as we are hungry, 
We are aggressive. We are craving for an anointing and a touch, not just words, not just tickling my ear, but I need some results today. I need some ridiculous things happen today. I'm not carrying this no more. I'm not dealing with this no more. I'm not leaving with this no more. I'm not no haramo satala mohaya. I speak prophetic words into ridiculous lives. I speak prophetic words into ridiculous valleys. I speak prophetic words into ridiculous marriages, minds, and spirits. Why? Greater things shall follow them that believe. In my name, you shall do this. In my name, these things shall happen. In my name, this shall be Thank you for listening. Special thanks to those who give generously to this ministry. It is because of you that this ministry is possible. You can visit our website or church app if you would like to give. And if you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe, like and share it with your friends, and tag us on social media. Because we want to witness with you what God is doing in your life. Thank you, and God bless.